You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. This evening, we have Miss Candace Johnson, who is Miss Black DC U.S. Ambassador 2018. Welcome, Miss Candace Johnson. Hey, as you speak. How, How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Yes. Yes, ma'am. So um, just start by telling us your story. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. And I first came to Washington, D.C. about 10 years ago for college. Mm -hmm. I went to Howard University. H-U. H-U, you know. (laughs) And at Howard, I studied public relations, and I finished in 2012. My introduction into pageantry was actually when I was in high school. And I did my first pageant when I was 17 years old. And it was part of the, it was a preliminary pageant to the Miss Mississippi pageant, which is the preliminary to the Miss America pageant. Wow. So that was my first pageant. I did it because my mom wanted me to. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about pageantry. I was just like, (laughs) let me just figure out how I can get on the stage and get through it all. Mm -hmm. And so once I was here at Howard, I had another desire to be in a pageant. I wanted to compete for Miss Howard University. And in the particular year that I went out for it, if you will, there were a lot of other girls who wanted to be in the pageant, too. So at Howard, you have to win your school's pageant before you can compete for Miss Howard. So they have like Miss School of Communications, Miss School of Business, Miss College of Arts and Sciences. So you have to win that pageant. That's the preliminary pageant to the Miss Howard pageant. So I was in School of Communications and... There were a lot of girls that year and you had they had to narrow them down. So they had an interview portion. And I didn't know then, but I know now that in pageantry, the interview, some will say that that's where you can win the pageant. Yes. Yes. So I didn't pass that interview portion. And so I wasn't able to even compete in the Miss School of Communications pageant. Mm. So my my dream for becoming Miss Howard were squashed. But I didn't let that stop me. There you go. (laughs) That's the spirit. I I was determined that year that I was going to be in a pageant. And so I looked into other pageants in the District of Columbia and I found the Miss International system and I competed in the Miss D.C. International pageant in 2011. I did not know. Yes. And in that pageant, I won People's Choice Award. So that was my second pageant. So that was kind of a a little a brief overview of how I came to D.C. and how I got into pageantry. Oh, congratulations. Wow. Okay. so the first time was just because it was something your mother wanted you to do exactly okay did she say like what did she have a fascination with it or she just thought it would be a good experience what did she tell you why she thought it would be a good idea growing up we watched pageants on tv and my brother according to my mom this is Mm -hmm. what my my mom said my brother wanted her to be in a pageant because he felt that she was prettier than all of the other women Uh so and so my mom was like okay what pageant as a married woman with children can I participate in? So they actually have a, a Mrs. or MRS pageant um, so, uh, there or category, if you will. Many systems will um, allow women who are married right. to compete as mm-hmm. well. So she actually competed in the Mrs. Tennessee pageant. I'm not sure which system it was in, but 
she competed in that pageant when I was in the sixth grade. So I believe she had that understanding of pageantry and what it can help you build yes. from that age. And so oh. once I was in high in, in high school, she suggested that I I participate in this Miss it was Miss Mississippi pageant so that I can gain the things that I believe she felt that she gained when she was in the pageant. So it was my mother my mother participated in the pageant for herself and then she she wanted me to do it later when I was wow. in high school. I love that. And and where where were you born originally? So I was born in Memphis and mm-hmm. I, I lived there for about fifteen years and then actually my sophomore year of high school I moved to Jackson, Mississippi and I lived there for three years mm-hmm. and graduated from high school there. So that's why I, my my first pageant was in Mississippi as opposed to in Tennessee. I see, I mm-hmm. see. So why Howard University? I had shallow reasons for wanting to go to college and at least it's cho- legit. It's legit, yeah. <laughs> at least in choosing the college I wanted to go to. So I knew I didn't want to go to a college that was close to home. I wanted to see the world, if you will. And I felt that if I was in college in a state, in a, in, in a, in a school in Tennessee or in a school in a state connected to Tennessee, that was too close. So I totally understand. Yes, I went away. I yes. went away for college. Mm. So my I only applied to three schools. I don't know why I did that. People are applying to 30 schools these, these days and getting into all of them. <laughs> I, I was like, this is too stressful. I'm only going to apply to three. So I had heard about Howard from one of my high school teachers and my neither of my parents went to an HBCU but mm-hmm. it was growing up it was you're going to college it, we just you know had to figure out where mm-hmm. so I first learned about Howard from one of my high school teachers mm-hmm. and I applied to it because it was between Howard or Hampton I applied to Howard and not Hampton because Howard's mascot is a bison and Hampton's mascot is a pirate and I said I I apply for shallow reasons I didn't want to be a pirate (laughs) I I I was like I don't blame you right (laughs) I don't blame you I said I'd rather be a bison for a I'd rather have a bison for a mascot as opposed to a pirate pirate. these things make no sense now but this is my (laughs) high school mind so I got my acceptance letter to Howard before the other two places that I applied to actually one school I got waitlisted and so because I had to declare or respond to Howard before I, I even got my second so you did you apply early decision or I don't even remember okay. I really don't no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but that that's a huge accomplishment mm-hmm. to be accepted into Howard because a lot of people are waitlisted well, and, or rejected you know. and I didn't even understand that because you know some things you take for granted and you don't understand the full scope mm-hmm. when you're younger it takes you know life experience to appreciate it so right. I'm very grateful to have been accepted into Howard. That sounds good. Uh, yes, Howard is really um, well. So, with your HBCU experience, did you did you get that sort of community in Tennessee already, or was it like a new environment? I mean, college in itself is mm-hmm. a different environment, mm-hmm. but was was there a difference? My schooling experience is. Probably one that many people go through. I went to a private school for a majority of my life, and the demographics were majority white. And in that environment, I didn't really understand everything about blackness or being black in America because that particular that particular school was focused on Christian education. And so it wasn't really focused on race, if you will. So I didn't really have an exposure or understanding about what that means. 
My parents, however, knew I needed to be exposed to that. And so they put my brother and me into summer camps that allowed us to interact with others who looked like us. When I moved to Mississippi, I no longer went to a private school. I went to public schools. And it was in that environment that I really began to understand blackness and understand being around those who look like me and why that's important. And so I felt the community in Mississippi, in the school I went to in Mississippi, more so than I did in my schools in in, in Tennessee. That's not to say that there wasn't community. It just wasn't a black experience, if you will. Mm-hmm. I believe that the education I received in Tennessee was very good. It was very foundational, but I feel like I blossomed as a person socially in the environment that I had in schools in Mississippi. Got you. So that that sort of you had some sort of exposure before you went on to Howard. Right. Right. Okay. And so uh, why public relations? Mm -hmm. And also you have a you have two. You have two degrees, undergraduate degrees. I have one undergraduate degree and two master's degrees. Oh, excuse me. Okay. So tell us, tell us what they are Mm -hmm. and why you chose those, um, those uh, fields. Okay. I've always loved English. I've always loved words. I can say you, you have excellent (laughs) pronunciation, enunciation. Oh, thank you. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. Excuse me. I've always loved words and English. English was my favorite subject in school and initially I wanted to be a comedian. Really? I did. When I was in the fifth grade, I wrote a joke book. Uh-huh. It's called Jokes, Riddles, and Things That Rhyme. It was, oh, <laughs> I love it. I wrote it on construction paper. It's terrible. They're terrible <laughs> jokes, okay? <laughs> a fifth grader thinks almost this anything is, is funny. So, right. of course, I'm thinking, this is gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. Well, it you might know. be. I'll have to go <laughs> into the archives and see if I can find that, but... I I loved words. And so in eighth grade, I said, I think that I would like to be an English teacher because I loved my English teacher. Mm-hmm. That was after I had realized I wasn't going to have a career in being a comedian because I wasn't <laughs> funny enough. Did be- you have any comedians that inspired you, like, that you watched growing up? Or is it just an idea that you had? I just always liked jokes. I liked uh, puns. I liked riddles. Were you were you the bully in school? I wasn't a bully. No. Because, you know, usually the bullies are the one that make everybody laugh. They always oh, jonin. No. We say jonin. They always jonin. Yeah. You know, I... I was definitely shy and I did not share my book with people. It was something that I kind of kept to myself. Mm-hmm. But in eighth grade, I thought I wanted to be an English teacher. However, as I continued throughout school, I decided I didn't want to be a teacher anymore, but I wanted to still do something that involved English and words. And so what was that? For me, it was journalism. And I enjoyed writing. I had written those jokes. I had I enjoyed writing vocabulary papers, those type of things in, in school. And so I figured, why not be a journalist? Why not write for a newspaper or a magazine? I had my favorite subscription in high school was to Seventeen magazine. Okay, I loved nice. my Seventeen magazine subscription. So I thought I would love to write for a magazine like that. So that's why initially I went to Howard and chose journalism. <clears throat> now, my sophomore year of college, once you kind of start taking a few of your core classes, you kind of decide, is this what I really see myself doing in life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once I really learned what being a journalist was, I said, I think <laughs> this is not for me. 
anymore. Now, why did you decide <laughs> that? It's a lot of work. It is it's because I can't write on a deadline. Uh, and I need time to flesh things out. I need time to think of the how I can phrase it the best. And writing under pressure is something I have to work on. But I felt that I wasn't I wasn't going to be able to make that long term because it was too stressful for me. Mm. I enjoy writing, but writing under pressure, under a deadline is something that I'm not the best at. Nevertheless, I wanted to stay in communication. So the next thing was public relations. My freshman year roommate studied public relations. I had never heard of that before. And when I looked into it, I said, well, it still involves communications. It still involves words, writing, but it's kind of a different side of journalism. And so that's when I switched my major to public relations. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love the evolution. Yes. And then so your master's, yes, what are yes, your master's yes. degrees in? I went to Syracuse University for my master's and mm-hmm. the program itself is called public diplomacy. And with that, what does that mean? So I'll I'll go into that. The yeah. the program is a dual master's program where you study public relations and international relations uh. and you get a master's in both public relations and international mm. relations. Public diplomacy itself is public relations, but it's more so for an international audience. So it's the campaigns or the the images or programs or events that you have or put on so that you can impact or influence influence an, an international audience's view of America or of your your US based products. So it's mm-hmm. it's how you engage with international audiences. That's how I would put it kind of in a nutshell. Got you, got you. So after <clears throat> after all of this experience in education and public relations, uh I mean pageantry mm-hmm. in my mind is a form of public relations. Yes. Um, do you see yourself continuing along that journey career wise or what are you, you know, how are you feeling or thinking, you know, career wise? Do you mean making a career out of pageantry or? Really? No, no, no. I mean, uh, like, might you want to work at a PR firm? Oh, would see. you, would yes. you want to live internationally for a while or, <clears throat> you know, that, thank you. That's a, a very good question to, to answer. I'm still evolving and same here, and same as here. as I continue to meet people as I continue to gain experiences my focus has is developing and one thing that is really kind of a guiding force for me I'm a woman of faith and so for me I really try to listen to where God is leading me and so mm-hmm. even with that I might have what I want to do or what I think I want to do but if I ask, is this in lines with where he's leading me? I have to kind of reevaluate. Career rise, though, I never thought I would want to be an entrepreneur. But as I continue to go through life, I'm learning that speaking and going out in front of people, sharing different information, trying to encourage, in particular, facilitating and conducting business and dining etiquette workshops, I'm kind of seeing that maybe there's a space for me as some sort of consultant or an entrepreneur with an etiquette type of um, uh, business, if you mm-hmm, will. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm working to kind of put that all together and see what that would look like for a long term career. That sounds like a great idea. I remember when I was um, a girl and a Girl Scout. Yes. There was one time where we had this sort of etiquette workshop yes. and I, I thought it was cool because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait, you mean to tell me? 
there are three different forks. Oh yes, over here. Oh yes, and two spoons. Yes, and all what? Yes. Uh, Got to be on the left and right <laughs> and everything. But it really, and then the speaking and all that. There's definitely a place for it. Yes. And I also I know that that's a part of your uh, your that's your platform. It is. So it's tell us about um, tell us about your t- your current title, okay. how you learned about the pageant, yes. um, your platform and <clears throat> and what you see, you know, what you forecast you'll be doing throughout your as you currently reign. Right. Uh, tell us what you what you'll be doing. I currently serve as Miss Black District of Columbia U.S. Ambassador, and I am going to be competing in the Miss Black U.S. Ambassador system. We know that they have the America system, the USA system, the international system. So the system I will be a part of is Miss Black U.S. Ambassador. And my platform, I've titled it Prepared to Represent. And with that, my goal is to really help people feel like they are prepared and ready to engage in whatever they feel like they're called to do and be able to do it efficiently. And I believe that in in order to really make an impact and be efficient in, in whatever your life's mission is, you have to know how to engage with different types of people, yes. diverse audiences. Agreed. That's why I'm glad I'm, I'm grateful to have had the experience in Memphis in school, as well as in, in Mississippi in school, because I was able to see two different groups of people, if you will. And so in Prepared to Represent, I my goal is to, like I said, make people feel like they're ready to engage w- with others by highlighting the importance of community service. Because how can you know what your community needs if you don't serve the community in some capacity? So in order to know how you would best be used in, in, your, in, in the world, you have to know what your community needs. Also, promoting the importance of cultural awareness and professional development. Cultural awareness, again, is really just understanding different cultures and how they all connect. People may be afraid of what they don't know. And, you know, in today's political and social climate, we know that what we are afraid of, we kind of push away. Or demonize. Or demonize. even worse. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. so I believe that Though we have differences, there's always some type of common thread. There's something to be found that we can relate on. And that just that just is understanding different cultures, understanding how you can respect them. How can you engage in a dialogue with someone who's not like you, understanding that there are differences, but understanding that let me be civil with the conversation, with the dialogue. Let me not demonize you. Let me not attack you. But how can we converse so that we can understand each other, respect each other, have a more peaceful environment? The other thing as part of my platform that I do is is the etiquette and business workshops. And mm-hmm. so I believe once you have decided what in your community is your cause and based off your community service, once you've understood the importance of how you engage and interact cross-culturally, you have to have professional development. And what does that look like? For me, I believe it's how do you engage in, in professionalism? In professionalism, How do you engage with <clears throat> 
your counterparts or even your competitors. And that comes to the business etiquette and the dining etiquette part. And so I love doing the the etiquette workshops to to share with people. How can you be how can you be effective in your communications? How can you persuade people to want to work with you? And I need to be in that class. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> I, I love doing that. And yes, you know, it's more etiquette is more than than the forks and the knives. Right. It's right, really. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really about manners. It's about civility. It's about cultural respect and understanding through cultural awareness. So those are the the, the professional development community service and then cultural awareness etiquette workshops, if you will. Those are the things that I've um, worked to focus on as part of my Prepare to Represent platform. That is phenomenal. Wow. The, very well thought out and orchestrated. Thank three you. prong yes. approach um, to Prepare to Represent. I absolutely love that. Thank you. Um, and I think you're a phenomenal representation of of um, people from HBCUs, um, of Washington, D.C., of black people, African-Americans and women and African-American women. Um, So I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much. And I definitely support you. When is the national pageant? That's a great question. The national pageant is going to be in July in Atlanta. For Atlanta. 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 Wait, when will you be when will it be in July? Because I'll actually be in Atlanta in oh, July, really? July 13th and 14th. Okay. So it's mm-hmm. gonna be the last full week of July. And for, okay. for the contestants, we will be there for a week because they have workshops for us, which I'm really looking forward to. But the actual finals night is gonna be July twenty eighth. Okay. July twenty eighth in Atlanta. Okay, do you know the venue yet? I don't know the venue. Okay, yet. okay. We, we are still getting that information. Okay. I'm really excited though. Yeah, that is going to yes, be huge. Yes. I'll, I'll probably be making the announcement on my on my Instagram page so that people who who are interested in in watching or even coming down could could participate. So. Well, we look forward to it yes. um, and we look forward to seeing how your platform unfolds and even yes. in the future. Um, I think it's a phenomenal idea and you should run with it Thank you. to create your own business um, and or your consulting yes. develop a con- consultation when in regards to professional development and etiquette it's mm-hmm. very much needed yes now with your platform do you have a particular age group in mm. mind or is it just <clears throat> across across the board thank you for letting me answer that question my focus is everyone and Mm -hmm. some people will say that's too broad you need to have a you need to have a specific target audience Mm -hmm. I'd say my target would be minority communities because though so I I train as a contractor with a with a training company based out of Iowa and the demographics of those classes are not minority heavy Mm -hmm. and so I think that there is a lack and I think as a community we need to be exposed to these type of trainings more often. And so for me, my focus is minority communities. I've trained high school students. I've trained college students. I've trained professionals. And I think it's really, it's something that exposure to early will follow you the rest of your life. So once you're an adult, you're kind of set in your ways, if you will. But if you're exposed to the benefits of etiquette and professional development, cultural awareness early, that bug will be planted in your life and so that you can, can be even even more powerful and effective once you get older. So as my, it was with you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my audience would be minority communities, but of all ages. Oh, that is wonderful. Definitely. We definitely need more yes. um, exposure. 
So what would be your advice for, um, based on your own personal life experiences, mm-hmm. um, on your, based on your, your faith, what is one or two are one or two pieces of advice that you would give um, to young millennials today? Mm-hmm. And that could either that could be any millennial or it could be, mm-hmm. you know, minority millennials. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for, you know, trying to move forward or as it relates to right. your platform? Right. One thing I love to tell people is to do what challenges you. Mm-hmm. And I think people have idea of what that means or what that looks like but it's always the implementation that I think is the challenge and so I've tried to go toward what challenges me and even in participating in this pageant it's something that challenges me because my last pageant was about seven years ago and so that that seven years is a lot of life (laughs) and so things happen for me I I lost some self-confidence I lost some um some some faith in the things that I could do. And so for me, I challenged myself by saying, I know that pageantry is a way to build self-confidence or rebuild, if you will. It's a way to develop your stage presence. It's a way to get out of your comfort zone. And so for me, even being in this pageant is a way to challenge myself. The advice I would give to the millennials is just continue to do that because that's when we really grow. When we, when we get out of what we feel is comfortable our routine, when we switch it up here and there, we meet new people, we learn new things about ourselves, we're able to network. Like I said, I thought I wanted to be a journalist, but, you know, going through different different routes of life, now I'm like, well, maybe entrepreneurship could be a thing, Consult, consultation could be a thing. So doing things that challenge us would be the advice that I would give. On that note... We're going home. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you got your pen out. Yes. Challenge yourself. Always challenge yourself. That's definitely a word. That is a word. So you heard it here. Uh, We are with Miss Candace Johnson. um, Miss. Miss Black DC U.S. Ambassador 2018. I love it. I love it. And she will be in Atlanta for nationals this July. So Miss Johnson, will you tell us where we can find you on social media? Absolutely. On Instagram, my handle is Miss Black DC USAM. And on Facebook, it's you can put in the search bar Miss Black District of Columbia US Ambassador. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Till next time, peace.